It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It is Old Firm Weekend in Glasgow The bragging rights go up for grabs once again But before that, Kilmarnock look to keep up with Aberdeen As Motherwell and St Johnston battle it out to be top of the bottom half And it's a huge night for the relegation playoffs on Monday As the lower league playoffs return this afternoon I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me today Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans Is this an exciting day? Or is it just the day before Rangers play Celtic? It's exciting if you're Kilmarnock and able to reclaim third place Place in the table at Aberdeen's expense by beating Hibs. It's exciting if you're Motherwell and about to leapfrog St Johnston by beating them on their own ground. It's exciting, kind of, for Dundee. If they lose at Livy this afternoon, they create the record for most defeats in a top flight season and a record of fewest wins. All of that, and there's only one sleep before Ibrox. I love how that's Hugh Keevan's idea of excitement. He's such a doom and gloom merchant. His idea of excitement <laughs> is a record for the worst ever run Bear. of defeats in the Premiership. Motherpolis. Never change Mark Wilson It's that time of the season uh, Some of the fixtures are huge Some aren't I think yeah. we can admit that And this weekend They're spread across Four days as well Yeah well, listen That's I think that's good It keeps us going Throughout the weekend Started yesterday um, You know A good one for Aberdeen um, At home Because they've suffered All season at home They've been brilliant Away on the road But got a victory When they needed it But a chance for Kilmarnock today To leapfrog them again That's huge You know Third place is huge Kilmarnock have been brilliant since Steve Clark's coming in, but a third place finish would be absolutely incredible. Thing taken into consideration, their budget compared to Aberdeen and Rangers and Celtic, an amazing achievement. So he'll be looking to beat Hibs today. But League One playoffs as well. I, I'm excited by that. When I was every manager and involved in that, the excitement around these small clubs at this time of the season is incredible. So we'll keep a, an eye on that also. But Hugh's right The big one is tomorrow And that's what we're all Looking forward to Yeah I think the guys Have touched on the Command look there I think the job Steve Clark's done I said for the last few weeks That I felt as if He would be manager of the year It's turned out to be that uh, If they got third place We were remarkable When you consider the, the budget However uh, For me it's uh, Get the football out of the way today and then the big game tomorrow uh, Yeah Mark Wilson The fans can debate all they want About how much meaning they place on mm. Tomorrow's game Everyone's got a different opinion But you made it quite clear on Thursday As for the players Whether there's a title wrapped up or not mm. You still are going to feel yeah. the exact same tonight Ahead of that game tomorrow oh, 100% for me Gordon And I'm reading the papers And I'm reading you know some columnists today Saying it's, it's not the biggest game It's, it's pointless And I can't believe what I'm reading and Who was hearing. it Mark? Who was it? I didn't see but, the papers uh, not listen, generally, but no, Chris Sutton and Barry Ferguson Were doing a, a, a question and answer And Chris said a few times It's not the most important game You know Neil may chop and change He doesn't know if Scott Brown will play anything And I'm going That's, That amazes me Any Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic game for me Was huge Played in them when yeah. the, the title was decided For either team But I've made the last game No less important And get out there I said on Thursday night the 50,000 that are going to Ibrox tomorrow, are you telling me they'll be sitting there going, oh, you know what, this game re really doesn't matter, I don't care which way it goes, no way. The Mark. atmosphere when the teams come out the tunnel, Hugh, yeah. will be electric like any other game. Come 12 o'clock, when mm -hmm. that whistle blows, there will only be two words able to be applied to this match. Blood cuddling. And what surprises me, and we'll get round to all of this later, is Neil Lennon's approach to it All very combative from Neil Lennon They jeer me because they fear me That's this morning's headline He's touched on Rangers 
very bad disciplinary record He's also said that Celtic would Under the same circumstances have given Rangers a guard of honour Sorry I don't think Celtic would have given Rangers a guard of honour I don't think it matters one iota The guard of honour But to be fair Rangers say no And that's because they would alienate their own supporters And Celtic wouldn't do it either Because they know they would alienate their fans Plenty of build up to that game as the afternoon progresses We're here until 6 The open line will be with us at 5 And that'll be your chance to have your say Look back on today's games Look ahead to tomorrow's game And anything else that may be on your mind Let's start going around the grounds this afternoon I think if we're honest The biggest one is at Rugby Park Where Kilmarnock take on Hibs And Mark Guidi is watching that one Yeah it is uh, Gordon An absolute cracker here In store for Kilmarnock uh, With Aberdeen winning last night They want to get a victory To take them back into third Get into the final weekend of the season And for Hibs Just one point This afternoon Will secure fifth spot for them And make sure they finish Above their Edinburgh rivals Hearts I'm still waiting for The starting uh, lineups. The team sheets are on the way But you're absolutely right There is plenty to play for here today and what is a cracking afternoon in Ayrshire Yeah I mean Mark Guidi the, the picture for Kilmarnock as a team is, is a fairly obvious one You're trying to finish third And then there's that situation surrounding Stevie Clark Already been named PFA Scotland's Manager of the Year May well make it the double when the football writers hand out their award next weekend yeah. Will he be there next season? Will he be the Scotland manager? The, all these questions we're going to have to find out in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, one thing I think about Steve Clark, he will make a decision quickly. I think he'll, he'll commit one way or another, um, you know, within a, a week of the season, uh, finishing. I hope he stays. Kilmarnock, they've been good for each other. They're certainly going in the right direction. What he's achieved again this season, you're right, he deserves all the gongs that's going and even the, the improvement uh, in players as well. I've watched Kilmarnock many times this season, Gordon. They're a pleasure to watch. They play attractive football, but they can also grind out results uh, when it matters too. They can dig in, but they are attractive uh, to watch. Do I think Steve Clark will be here? Honestly, no, I don't. I don't think he will uh, be here next season, but I hope I'm wrong. And that said, Mark Weary up against one of the success stories from this season, Paul Hickingbottom. Yeah, great. You know, coming in uh, to, to take over from, from Neil Lennon. And, uh, you know, he's really got, got Hibs going. Uh, they're playing well. Again, they're attractive too. They're scoring goals. And, you know, with, with two games to go, what they want to do is finish fifth and, you know, get one over their, their rivals' uh, hearts. And they can do that by getting a point this afternoon. And I think they will. I think Hibs will finish above hearts. And that's a good achievement. OK, let's hear from Stevie Clark. He's obviously come into what I think is a, a really good group of players. A lot of talent there. Obviously, Neil before him had done really well. Sometimes in football, it, it doesn't quite work out for you. Neil left, Paul's come in, he's put his own stamp on the team. I think he's slightly different to Neil and he's a little bit more, I wouldn't say cautious, but he, he's, his team playing a certain way. Uh, it's up to us to find out and break down that certain way. Uh, but he, he's done well, Paul. He's come in, he's done great. The players have done great for him. And the fact that last weekend at Ibrox was the first defeat since he took over tells you that he's done a, he's done a marvellous job and we expect a, a really difficult game. And of course, Mark Guidi, the impact that Stevie Clark and Kilmarnock as a team are having on the fans at the moment. They're loving what they're seeing. They're turning out in bigger numbers than in recent seasons. And uh, I'm sure they'll be well up for this one. May, sun is shining, third place up for grabs. Uh, I'm sure they'll turn out well this afternoon. There'll be big numbers that they finish off with. Two nice fixtures with plenty at stake today, as, as we know, against Tibbs, and then uh, a week tomorrow, uh, Kilmarnock host Rangers in the final game uh, of the season. So yeah, listen, there's, there's a real, the old saying, there's a real buzz about Kilmarnock, but there is. You compare it to 
a couple of years ago, you know, four or five years ago. It's a club that was actually constantly in the bottom six once or twice in the playoffs. But you look at the turnaround in 21 months after, uh, under Steve Clark, and it's nothing short of phenomenal what he has managed to achieve. Great consistency, and like I say, the improvement in players and the style of football. What's not to like here? We've got some great managers in our Premiership, you know, all over the place. And I fear for Kilmarnock if Stevie Clark goes, I just hope that they can find someone of his calibre. I met Billy Bowie, the Kilmarnock owner, at a boxing show two or three weeks ago. You would need surgery to get the smile off Billy Bowie's face since Steve Clark became the manager. And the job that he has done has been brilliant on a consistent level for two complete seasons now. He has totally transformed the team and the club. I just hope that if Mark Guidi is right, and I suspect he is, and Stevie Clark is not at Rugby Park next season, I hope Billy Bowie can find someone of a similar calibre. Uh, Scotland international John McGinn Will he be playing in the English Premier League next season? It all depends on the playoffs. Three minutes ago, his Aston Villa side were 1-0 down to West Brom. Fast forward three minutes, and they lead by two goals to one. So a really quick turnaround. At Villa Park in that one Let's keep going around the grounds In the Scottish Premiership With St Johnston against Motherwell Roger Hanna The battle to finish top of the bottom half Yep and there's barely a cloud in the Perthshire sky This afternoon Gordon I'm hoping for as much drama As you had just down the road At the Strathallan Aerodrome yesterday Now I don't expect the same nerve shredding tension As you witnessed when Gordon Dale Had that charity parachute jump in aid of cash for kids but someone will be flying high at the top of this bottom six by quarter to five tonight St Johnson have a one point advantage over Motherwell a win would guarantee them being best of the rest in the Premiership this season they're on 49 points they've got Hamilton away next weekend Motherwell in 48 they've got Livingston at home next weekend so it is all up for grabs and Motherwell come here with a degree of confidence of one their last two meetings between the side they won here at McDermott Park in December and they also beat St Johnson 3-0 at Fur Park in March which effectively ended Tommy Wright's men's chances of making it into the top six they come together today they're actually both in sort of decent form and I think that's borne out by the fact there's hardly a change in either side St Johnson go again with Xander Clark in goal it's that back four of Richard Foster the young pairing of Liam Gordon and Jason Kerr it's got Tanzer at left back three in the middle of the park David Wallerspoon, Murray Davidson and Liam Craig and then up front Michael O'Halloran and Matty Kennedy either side of Chris Kane on the bench it's Bell, Alston Shaughnessy, Swanson Hendry, Easton and Callaghan as for Motherwell Mark Gillespie in goal the same back four Liam Grimshaw, Tom Aldred, Charles Dunn and Richard Tate midfield Alan Campbell and Carl McHugh and then Chris Cadden, David Turnbull Bolly Arbidibi all behind James Scott on the bench Ferguson, Hartley, Main, Donnelly, Johnson Hasty and Semple the referee at a sun-kissed McDermott part this afternoon is Colin Stephen Roger Hanna, we mentioned it on last night's show in a week where football has been dominated by the, the millions, you're looking at the UEFA Champions League, the money getting sloshed around the difference between Motherwell or St Johnson finishing 7th uh, or 8th that, that's 60 grand now I know that compared to these teams that's absolutely nothing but the reality is that's a player that is a player's salary for next year for Motherwell or St Johnston so picture it August rolls around the transfer window closes and essentially it's one less player that Tommy Wright or Stephen Robinson were able to add yeah, and I'm looking down onto the pitch. Alan Burrows, the Motherwell chief exec, just walking across the pitch just now. He will know that, uh, as will Stevie Brown, the St. Johnson chairman. They will count every penny. They work on very, very tight budgets. Two very well-run football clubs, as you know, Gordon. And coming seventh 
rather than eight is a big thing for the two clubs because you know you see they're both waiting to you know re- release players at the end of the season, reshape squads for another campaign, a Betfred Cup campaign that will start as early as the 13th of July, and they're desperate to know whether they have that extra £60,000 or not because it could mean the difference between another centre forward, another centre half, another winger for next season, and a campaign where both clubs will try and get themselves back into the top six having missed out this season. One more featured game for us this afternoon. It's the Tony Macaroni Arena. It's Livingston in Dundee and it's watched by Fraser Wishart. Not sure what to expect here, Gordon, to be honest with you. As we know, not much to play for for either club. Dundee relegated, so the mood around Dens Park Club will be pretty poor and Livingston, on the other hand, comfortable in ninth. I know they get a chance of catching Motherwell um, if, if they lose at Rogers game up at St Johnson above them. But no matter what happens, it's been a fantastic season for the Livingston team. I was here in 2005, it was a 1-1 draw. Dundee needed to win. It was Tam McManus deep into stoppage time, hit the post in injury time and Dundee were relegated. And there was a huge crowd here uh, that day. A great atmosphere, but today there will probably only be two or three hundred, if that, Dundee travelling fans, such as a feeling of disillusionment around with their club. It's a farewell for some of these Livingston players. Declan Gallagher's on his way to Craig Halkett's on his way to Hearts but uh, Dundee's side Jim McIntyre's future of course is in doubt recent statements from the club didn't mention him and less never mind confirm him as boss for next season and he won a couple of wins to end the season on a high he's resisted the temptation today to play the youngsters or fringe players perhaps a sign that he knows that it's important for him to win these last couple of games for his own job's sake hopefully both teams can relax and put on a good show for Livingston a bit of a surprise Craig Halkett his last home game before he leaves he's on the bench today so no chance of, or perhaps less of a chance of a farewell they line up along usual lines Liam Kelly's in goal back to the Hakeem Modafan Declan Galka and Alan Lithgow five across the middle Stephen Lawless Scott Pittman Keegan Jacobs Craig Sibbald and Ricky Lamy with Dolly Menga and Lee Miller as the strikers Ross Stewart Rafa Devita Steve Lawson Ryan Hardy Scott Tiffany Sean Byrne and Craig Halkett are on the bench for Dundee a strong looking team Senny Dieng is in goals a back three Ryan McGowan Jenseri Kasunga and Darren O'Dee who of course retiring at the end of the season Cammy Kerr Paul McGowan Martin Woods Ethan Robson and Nathan Ralph for the five man midfield with Kenny Miller and Andrew Nelson as the strikers the subs for Dundee Jack Hamilton, John O'Sullivan, Scott Wright, Jesse Curran, James Horsfield, Max Anderson and Callum Moore And the referee today is Alan Newlands I think we can go back to Rugby Park Mark Guidi's got the teams now I believe Mark Yes I have, Cole Marnock go 4-3-3 It's Dan Backman in goals at the back Stephen O'Donnell, Stuart Finlay, Alec Bruce and Greg Taylor In midfield Gary Dicker, Alan Power and Yusuf Malumbo And up front it's Chris Buck, Eamon Brophy and Rory McKenzie On the bench for Steve Clark's team It's McDonald, Chris Boyd Jolie, McElhaney, Waters, Miller and Millen for Hibernian. They go 4-1-3-2. It's over Marciano in goals at the back. David Gray, Darren McGregor, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. The holder is Mark Milligan and in front of him Stevie Mallon, Fraser Murray and Stefan Omienga and the front two Florian Camberry and Mark McNulty. On the bench for Paul Heckingbottom's team it's Bogdan and Bartley and Horgan. Goal, Daki Pyong, Shaw and Spectre. And today's match referee at Rugby Park is Andrew Alice. You see, Fraser Wishart is too much of a gentleman. The man in charge of PFA Scotland. He didn't get mired in the misery at Livingston and Dundee. <laughs> yeah. Most defeats, fewest wins for Dundee, creating two new records for the top flight. So there it is, Fraser. Misery. Set up to be a classic, that one. There'll be goals everywhere. What are you saying, Fraser? Sorry. I was just saying, I had that actually written down, but Hugh got in first right ah, to start the show, so I lined through that. Oh, well, my thunder. I, I can compliment him now and say that the food at the PFA dinner last Sunday was absolutely top class. Yeah, that is true. I don't think we'd argue with Did that. Did he cook it? Did he cook it, Fraser? 
praise or take the blame six, for 600's things. not so easy Mark not easy <laughs> so if he takes the blame for everything he should take the praise for everything as well the beef was first class Fraser that is true what is the feeling when you're a player is, and you get to what people perceive as a meaningless end of season fixture if Livingston and Dundee is that yeah What's it like to play in? Does it change at all? Knowing you, Alex Ray, I mean, I've seen the way you charge about at charity games. No. You probably took it every bit seriously. Listen, the, I think with it's like it is as today, you know, the players will be going out there. I think it'll be a training match. There won't be a great deal of tempo there. And I, I fear as if it will be a quiet one. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals. And uh, you may have one or two players that are actually playing for the future. That's the only thing you could actually suggest. But, you know, it's a dead duck, really. Dundee get rid of you once yes. as manager. Uh, Thanks for reminding me here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was back in a day. I suppose you you're now going to contradict me. But back in a day when somebody probably told you face to face, and you and we read that that, yeah. that Jim McIntyre's future is being discussed in the USA without him having any involvement. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation. Uh, you know, I think they've put a lot of money in. I, I have to commend Jim on his uh, post match last week when he says that they had the fourth or fifth better budget than other teams below them. He could quite easily deflected and things, and he says the recruitment hasn't been good mm. enough. But they've been kind of t- kind of t- toiling for the last couple of years, yeah. Hugh. And but I have to say, you know, it's a really good club. You know, they get good fan base, and unfortunately, they've had a horrendous season. Yeah. Don't forget, we do have playoffs down the leagues today. Mm. Inverness and Ayr are playing to try and get into the Premiership. Inverness lead three one from the first leg. If you go down. Uh, the division's a bit further to try and get into the championship. Forfar take on Wraith. Wraith already 2 1 in front. And Queen of the South dropped like a stone, even with Stephen Doby. They're 2 1 down to Montrose before the second leg. Clyde have a 1 0 advantage as they meet Edinburgh City again. And Annan are 2 0 up in Stenhouse Muir. Finally, Berwick Rangers. Can they stay in the SPFL or will we be welcoming a new side? Will Cove make it through? The playoff is at three o'clock in that one as well. We'll get all the guys involved. We'll look at some of the days and weeks' biggest stories next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are in the studio. The top team are usually all around the grounds. We've only really got three this afternoon. So Martin Guidi, Fraser Wishart, Roger Hanna are out and about at the three Premiership games. We'll bring all the guys in. Big one in this city is tomorrow. Um, Martin Guidi, yes, no title on the line, nothing to be won or lost really. Um, but the guys are talking about what it still means to the players to be involved in. Yeah, listen, it's it's a big game. I don't care what anybody says. I still want the bragging rights. Neil Lennon has an unbeaten run to defend the Celtic manager. A victory tomorrow will do his chances of landing the job no harm. Whereas a, a defeat, you know, could could put a bit of doubt in, in people's minds if he's the right man and for Rangers it's to show that they are able to compete with Celtic and beat them and if they do they can take encouragement from the fact that over the four old firm games it will be an even split six points each so the last thing that, that Rangers want is to welcome the champions to Ibrox tomorrow and also lose the game so listen there is plenty of state players want to show Stephen Gerrard that they are able to part of the plans next season and for Celtic a lot of changes will be happening in the summer too You know whether it's uh, to stay on and show Neil Lennon or the, the new manager that they're up to it or for guys to try and get a move elsewhere Roger Hanna yeah I tend to agree with a lot of that I think there's more in the game tomorrow for Rangers because they haven't won the title they've watched Celtic go off with eight in a row and I think in terms of raising morale and confidence for next season uh, they need the win more than Celtic need the win fascinated to see the changes that Mark talks about o- over the summer at Celtic I see another departure this morning Lee Congerton has followed 
Brendan Rodgers down to Leicester. So as well as a manager, as well as possibly six or eight players, Celtic are now searching for a head of recruitment. So a lot of big decisions coming up for the Celtic board. And it won't have escaped their notice that the first of the Champions League qualifiers is only about eight or nine weeks away. So they don't have a great deal of time to get a new team together off the field and a new team together on the field. And were they to lose tomorrow, I think that would just add to a, 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 an unusual sense of uncertainty about the, the club. Fraser? Well, there's also the, the, the we're obsessed by stats, and uh, we've talked often in this show about the stats from last year. Rangers better than they were last year, and the, at some point there was the same number of wins last year as they've had this year. But So they want to close that gap. It's nine points just now. Celtic want it to be 12 and perhaps even more but for Rangers if they can win the game and maybe finish the season with a win as well and be 6 points behind Celtic and people look back at it they say well ok they have improved and they got better which of course they have I mean there's no doubts about that and I think Rangers fans will be looking to the summer to, to add to, to a better squad than they did this time last year but uh, for anybody that thinks this doesn't mean anything my goodness me tomorrow will be one of an, another crazy day and, and Neil Lennon he is with his comments he has stirred it up as well This Neil, it matters to Neil Lennon hugely whether it's to do with his job or it's just as a Celtic supporter it knows what it means to the fans it means a lot to both sides tomorrow so uh, hopefully we get a better game they've not really been great games this season I, I think you know they've been close and uh, Mark's right about Rangers and uh, you know, talking about if they can win twice then, then they go into next season better fettle uh, but uh, hopefully it's a better game of football and a few more goals because they've been very tight kind of drab affairs so far this season Mark Greedy what, what can it really mean to Neil Lennon the job may I mean, Celtic hierarchy may well have decided already that Neil Lennon is or is not the right man for the job yeah. um, but is it just about a, a perception thing a, a PR thing pleasing fans who perhaps don't think he's the man for the job I, I genuinely don't think Celtic have made their minds up yet. I think, you know, uh, a lot could hinge on the, on the cup final. Uh, what was that, two weeks today? If Neil Lennon wins it and, and takes Celtic to the treble, treble, I think he gives himself a real good chance of getting the job. If Celtic don't win that, I would say it would probably ruin his chances of, of landing the job. So uh, I think there's certainly other people in mind. I think Celtic, have, you know, behind the scenes have always said that they'd probably look at two or three candidates and investigate it thoroughly Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon being one um, of them but yeah it will be injured because it is a massive decision for Celtic it's not one they can take lightly I know every managerial appointment uh, is significant but I think this one is even more so and also the head of recruitment it's a really important job going forward and I wonder I wonder if John Kennedy may well become the, the, the head of recruitment at Celtic. I know it's something that was maybe spoken about in the past, maybe looked into. I know he's a fine young coach, but I don't know if he sees his future in that kind of role in terms of being kind of behind the scenes involved in that. But that, that's one that may well may well happen. Is that from a position of knowledge or is that just uh, throwing that one out there? No, I, th I think it's been documented uh, in the past, but I think it was something, as I say, I don't know if John prefers to stay in coaching or, or management, if that's something he would um, look at, you know, taking up a kind of a recruitment uh, role, director of football role, whatever the title's going to be, but it's certainly um, something that's been looked at, yeah. How do we reflect Roger Hanna on Lee Congerton's role? He leaves to team up again with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City, which was pretty much always likely to happen but in this, in this day and age that, that's, that's a highly important role you know maybe I don't know 10 years ago people probably didn't care as much who the, uh, director, of, uh, the director of recruitment head of recruitment was but we, we place so much emphasis on it now was he what was successful about his time what was unsuccessful about it uh, two words for you Marvin and Comper thought you might those say those are that. the two words that will haunt Lee Congerton 
uh, any time he's short spell at Celtic is mentioned. Um, the previous head of recruitment, John Park, pre- presided over a period in Celtic's history when they signed the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Victor Winyama, Fraser Foster, Gary Hooper from Scunthorpe, Joe Ledley on a free and all of them, or the majority of them, went out the door at a vast profit for Celtic. Um, unfortunately for Lee Congerton, I think he will be remembered more for the Marvin Compels and some of the signings mm. in, in the latter months of Brendan Rodgers' reign, mm. rather than, than any any big ones that you know he pulled out the hat during the, the early months of Brendan Rodgers' reign. I wish him well at Leicester City. I hope they, they do well together. They worked together at Chelsea as well before Brendan was up here at Celtic. So clearly they have a, a close working relationship. But if you analyse the majority of the signings in the second half of Brendan Rodgers' reign, not many of them added much to the Celtic team. Odds on Edward would be the obvious success, Hugh Keevans. Yeah, but uh, if you ask the Celtic supporters about the departure of Lee Congerton, they are totally unmoved. In their opinion, he couldn't have located sand in the Sahara Desert, so they're not bothered about him going. Uh, I would agree that John Park, who also spent nine months of his life trying to convince Moussa Dembele to join Celtic, uh, I also think it would not be the worst idea to go back he didn't leave under a cloud You can simply have a parting of the ways And then mm. reunite So it wouldn't be a bad idea I, I would accept John Kennedy as well uh, I'm quite sure that Celtic will have something in mind Because when Brendan Rodgers banged the door behind him On his way to Leicester City uh, Celtic would have known that Lee Congerton At some point in the near future Would have been joining him So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic already know Who the new head of recruitment will be Fraser, recruitment is a tough one because such a high turnover of players nowadays, every single manager, every single head of recruitment gets some right and gets some wrong. So it just depends how much weight you put towards it because John Park and Neil Lennon combination had unbelievable success and and people remember that. But at the same time, there were a fair few duds in there as well. You see them coming up in quizzes and you see them coming up on, online as well. I, mean, I saw something Stefan Shepovic recently. You think, wow, I forgot he was there. You've got Lasad, you've got Bangura. There's a whole host of, of, of uh, poor things that haven't worked. But it's always been that way. But the difference now is that a manager at the highest level can't possibly uh, be, be recruiting players on his own because you know there's videos, there's video analysis, there's online... Uh, sort of scouting programmes as well that you can watch as well and it's also just physically going to watch games because nowadays it's not going to, going to watch a guy in England or watch a guy in, in you know playing for Motherwell or Morton it's guys all over the world now that uh, these guys are going to watch trying to find that gem and especially for Celtic uh, and, and Rangers now in that position as well they've not got the money to compete at the highest level so you're, you're looking for a Moose Dembele you're looking for somebody that you can bring in develop and sell on somebody that you're going to get them before they become a big name and that's where the, the, the problems lie but for Celtic you know you, you are thinking now they've not got a manager and I know the managers uh, at the highest level don't, don't, aren't in charge completely of, of, of players that are signed in but if you've not got head of recruitment either I think Celtic need to move very quickly and, and Mark's comments were interesting they might just do something uh, internally they might have somebody in mind quickly because if you've not got a manager not got head of recruitment who, who's making that decision mm. to, to bring in those players you so, have to uh, believe Fraser interesting things for Celtic Sorry, yeah, you. you have to believe Fraser that a club as big as Celtic who have enjoyed the undiluted success that they have for the last Eight years, you have to believe that Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell aren't just sitting there drumming their fingers on a desk. They must, they must know who is going to take over for Lee Congerton because they must have known that he was going. 
And there was plenty of time to dwell on Neil Lennon The, the, the Timothy Weah situation last night was an interesting one for me Because here you have someone, Celtic, work out a compromise arrangement with the, the USA Whereby Timothy Weah can go off to the, the, the finals with his country But come back in the week of the Scottish Cup final and take part in the game Which might result in a treble treble for Celtic And he says no and at that point, Neil Lennon says, OK, thanks very much, off you go. So I think Neil Lennon was demonstrating that he would be a decisive manager. And I think that also Celtic by this time have made up their mind one way or another on Neil Lennon. When is the finals year, just out of curiosity, for the, the USA? Well, they play the first game 24th of May against the Ukraine, which of course is the night before the Scottish Cup final. But Celtic and the, the USA had arrived at a compromise solution whereby Timothy Weah went with them but came back in the week of the final. He chose not to accept that arrangement and at that point, uh, that wasn't good enough for Celtic. Gordon, see just on the, the managerial point as well, I think one thing that, that, that's never really mentioned but I think you know it shouldn't be taken for granted. If Neil Lennon's off of the job, it also has to be right for him to accept it. And obviously, oh, he'll just take it, he'll just take it. Celt- yeah, of course, that's probably the case but... Celtic have got to show to him, give him an attractive package, what the plans are, what the budgets are. So I don't think it's just a formality that Neil Lennon will accept a Celtic job under any circumstances. There's negotiation in his part as well, so it's not, no, it's not a given on both sides. Kira, you, you were saying there that you thought Celtic have made their mind up either way. Yeah. So if they have made their mind up in terms of he's going to get the job, would they not have already said? I think. So do you think... It's the other way He's not going to get the job And they're keeping that under wraps still I think they'll let the Rangers game Get out of the way And they'll wait until the week of the cup final And when the focus is on May 25 The significance of that date The significance of losing Stevie Chalmers and Billy McNeil The cup final offering the treble treble I just wonder if Celtic might In that atmosphere Decide to name Neil Lennon As permanent manager in the lead up to the final Even if Rangers were to Turn them over tomorrow um, Obviously Gordon If something drastic happened To Celtic at Ibrox Then the supporters would react badly uh, But I think Neil Lennon has been in such a combative Mood all week uh, With his statements about Rangers disciplinary mm. record About a guard of honour About the Rangers fans fearing him And that's why they jeer him uh, I think he's going there intent on a proper mm. performance. If Celtic lose the match, that happens. Football teams lose football matches. That happens. But, I mean, if he, if he was to lose 5 nothing, then it might alter everything. But I think he's going there intent on a performance which allows Celtic to approach the cup final and name him full-time manager. Alex, we're talking about recruitment from a Celtic perspective because Lee Congerton left today. It's, it's newsworthy, it's in yes. the news. But the same will apply... To Rangers Because at the moment Most fans are feeling Pretty good about Defoe and Davis Because they're now Starting to come on To a game That it didn't maybe Look like at the start Of their uh, their spells At the club um, And, and as, again As the guys have pointed out There's been a lot Of good signs for Rangers The progress Has been decent In the eyes of yeah. most Of the fans There's still Eros Gresda There's still Kyle Lafferty There's still Umar Sadiq So yeah. Recruitment for, for them will be vitally important I acknowledge you cannot get them all right That's right, yeah But Rangers now, as they try and chase Celtic down Need to get more right than wrong this yeah, summer Yeah, and I think the the guys that have brought in The younger ones like Jones and Hasty And uh, the likes of that they, 
will complement the squad. For me, they are not going to bridge that gap, which Stephen Gerrard talks about in terms of mainstays. They probably have to add three or four quality players. Now, I'm led to believe that they're going to fund Stephen to try and identify these targets. I'm aware of scouts who are abroad today. I spoke to one of them this morning, searching out talent as well. So they're constantly looking to try and replenish, try and bridge that gap because you need quality within. Now, we've seen that with Davis. Uh, laterally in the last four or five games when he's starting to dictate games you've seen that with Defoe when he's got that wee run of games the whole shapes change the whole complexion of Rangers and they look a lot more kind of dynamic and a lot more threatening so they have to identify them Gordon but it can't be the similar ones like you know next January they're trying to chase them they have to get them in the summer they have to hit the ground running and then they have to get these guys up to speed rather than get them in January it's not an ideal window uh, Roger Hanna yeah listen the recruitment is becoming more and more important it's arguably the most important aspect of a football department to any club because players win your games and players lose your games and the better your recruitment is and the better standard of play you get the better chance you have of winning games and winning titles um, I think the phone Davis when they came in January they looked poor because they hadn't had many games for Bournemouth and Southampton respectively and you can now see the quality they've got after they've had this run of games um, it, it seems an odd thing to see given that Celtic have won the title but Rangers already look the more settled team for next season um, you, you talk of Rangers maybe adding two or three whereas Celtic might need to add six or eight so it's going to be a very interesting summer and the recruitment is, for both clubs is going to be at the heart of that Yeah I mean at the same time Mark Greedy as much as we acknowledge that there might be a numbers game for Celtic, a turnover, still a nice position to go in. They may well go into that window on the back of yet another treble. Yeah, the, 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 you know, there's every chance. I really still have to go on. I fancy Celtic strongly. I can't see Hearts causing Celtic um, too many problems. I know it's a, it's a one-off 90 minutes, anything can happen, an early red card, an early penalty like that. But, you know, Hearts current form, I don't see them doing uh, anything to Celtic at all. I think it'd be a comfortable victory, although it will be a, a nervy. 90 minutes in, in many respects but yeah there's a, there's a real bit of work to be done with Celtic there's major positions to be filled in the team but more importantly you can't really begin that process properly uh, until you've appointed your manager head of recruitment as well because a manager will want a say on it and uh, he you're not going to you know it's not a good position to go into with a new manager whether it's Neil Lennon or somebody else and you say well you know, we've already spent a chunk of your budget on a, on a, on a couple of players that the guy might not make no fancy so there's there's a lot of work to be done and it needs to be done quickly Mark just going back to that what you were saying in terms of you know the new manager situation we, we had Brendan Rodgers in post and he was saying that he didn't know a great deal about you, the Ukrainian guy when he was coming in yeah. uh, so you know uh, that got me thinking that there was actually other people making decisions behind the scene whether that was a director of football with the club in general so they, they are signing players out with the manager remit effectively. I take your point on board though. Yeah, but I think what I think what that is, um, Ali, I think there's a, a kind of structure at the club that, uh, along the lines of there's a there's a budget set aside for those kind of players. And I yeah. know it's a lot of money, you know, a, a million quid and you know if, if they're saying but I think there's a budget out with the main first team budget for guys that they think you know they can identify and come in and then move on. You know it's not going to be players at three, four, five million quid that they're going to sign without the managers uh, say so. But in terms of that that kind of thing that you're talking about the you know, the Kieran, uh, guy I think that's the way the, the, the club works and you can see the sense in that you know, it's, a, it's certainly a, I think it's a good policy OK we'll leave that there for the meantime because we are fast approaching kickoffs around the country and we'll go back around the grounds next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are here. The Scottish Premiership started last night when Aberdeen beat Hearts by two goals to one at Pitodre. We've got three games today. We've got the big one at Ibrox tomorrow. And then how big is Monday night, Hugh? We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We'll probably look at it later on. But Hamilton and St. Mirren, massive. Well, who would you rather be? Oran Kearney or Brian Rice, the Hamilton manager? I'd rather be Brian Rice. He's got a four-point start on St Mirren. He knows that if he goes there and gets a win, it's good night Vienna, so far as St Mirren are concerned, and they're in the playoffs. So I would rather be Brian Rice, even though he's in St Mirren's ground. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you, Hugh. Four points uh, going into the last two games. Obviously firm favourites, but uh, head-to-head on Monday night, it would be a classic... Over in Paisley And you know They'll be looking to try and get something Hamilton St Mirren try to win Take it to Dundee In the last game of the season mm. So still up there for me Yeah uh, Just a, a recap on that game We were talking about earlier on John McGinn Scotland midfielder And mm. his Aston Villa teammates Take a 2-1 lead Into the next leg Of their playoff Against West Brom So we may well see them In the Premiership next season Who knows We'll find out in the coming weeks Let's go back around the grounds though uh, Mark Guidi It's not just Stevie Clark Who's getting all the recognition You've got Greg Taylor Playing for Kilmarnock Who you never know May well be the Scottish Football Writers Young Player of the Year next week Yeah he's terrific You know I've said many times On, on the programme He has really caught my eye At left back A great engine Good in the tackle You know He can defend as well And he's got You know A fantastic Attendance record You look at the amount of games That he's played um, You know He never picks up An injury And he does a wonderful job For Kilmarnock I'd really be interested Without trying to chase away From Kilmarnock But what can kind I of transfer value um, he has because I think he's without doubt one of the best uh, young players in the country and again with the greatest respect to Kilmarnock he can absolutely go on and play at a much higher level I think he can cope with the, the demands uh, in terms of talent and the mentality Stevie Clark saying yesterday that he is backing him to be part of the Scotland squad for these qualifiers because Kieran Tierney won't be Andy Robertson will have just played a Champions League final you'd imagine he'll still Turn up, but look what happened the last time. We got caught in the hop yeah. a bit because everyone thought, "Oh, we've got these two left backs. How are we going to fit them both in?" And all of a sudden, neither of them were available. So yeah. maybe this is a squad for the likes of Greg Taylor. Oh, I think it'd be absolutely perfect for him, um, Gordon. I think he is ready to go and play for Scotland and, and be a part of it. He certainly, um, you know, with, with respect. You look at the opening goal, a couple of goals that we lost against Kazakhstan. Uh, Greg Taylor, a natural left back, would, would have tucked in. He would have read the situa- situation. I don't think would have conceded those goals, or even with somebody like. Greg Taylor on the team uh, Let's go to McDermott Park Roger Hanna's watching St Johnston against Motherwell Whilst we're on the subject of young Scottish players Who've been impressing Roger Hanna um, I've got the words of Stephen McGinn ringing in my ear He was in the studio and he said he very quickly learned The first time he saw David Turnbull That if he wanted to stop Motherwell playing He had to stop him playing And I guess that would apply to St Johnston this afternoon yeah, and he's been absolutely terrific since he broke into the team. Jake Hasty has taken a lot of the headlines because of his pre-contract move to Rangers. But Turnbull, you know, we spoke about Greg Taylor then, quite rightly so. But if there's one man who's possibly going to deny Greg Taylor that award next weekend, it, it may well be David Turnbull because his impact on the Motherwell team this season has been phenomenal. I actually can't remember anyone coming into a Motherwell team, a young player, and making such an impact since the days of James McFadden almost 20 years ago. It's not just the midfield performances, it's the goals he scored as well and, and you know the quality of the goals, even the one the other week when his initial effort came off the bar, I think it was against Dundee and he had the composure to slam in the rebound, he's been terrific 
Stephen Robinson is now building the team around him. And Motherwell, from in the early stages of the season, the results weren't going well, and they, they were quite rightly being lambasted for sort of long ball tactics and a lack of pace in the team Stephen Robinson has turned it around and, and he's made Turnbull the fulcrum of that side in behind the striker, in behind it's going to be another young homegrown player James Scott again today uh, and they look transformed and, and they look like a team who actually could make an impact in this division next season if they can keep there is no hasties going as we say but if they can keep the rest of these young lads together there's young Jamie Semple on the bench again there's been other youngsters like Adam Livingston have been in the squad and, and if they can keep them all together and keep them playing the way Turnbull's playing who knows what can happen at Motherwell next term and perhaps a sign of the the way things have changed Roger Curtis Main has gone from being the main man to being barely ever mentioned yeah, he has dropped down, he's on the bench again today Danny Johnson's another who I actually quite liked in the opening weeks of the season Hardly been seen, Connor Salmon came to the club on loan from Hearts Hardly been seen And I think Stephen Robinson would quite like James Scott to stay in the team He, um, he got some unfortunate headlines for the goal he was involved in at Celtic Park And what I think might have been his debut But once that furore died down He too is beginning to show his quality the way Hasty and Turnbull have done. Um, I would fully expect Curtis Main to move on from Motherwell this summer. Um, Connor Salmon, he will go back to Hearts. Wouldn't surprise me if, if you know Danny Johnson left as well because quite clearly there's been a change in policy at Motherwell and these young guys are getting their head and, listen, more power to their elbow. It's a tough time of the season for us, you know, where people out of contract and um, people sort of careers up in the air and futures up in the air. But, you know, for me, I've got to make sure I get the best out of the people that are here and, and get that extra 5-10% to try and win the game and, you know, get into that seventh position. Might be something we can put into the training ground or something we put into the medical department um, to keep trying to take the club forward. And, and more importantly, it's it's the pride of, of finishing that um, top of that bottom half as well. So And it's another game that we want to win. Uh, Fraser Wishart, there's one to bring you in on More so bigger picture I'm not necessarily talking Livingston Dundee That's the reality of it for, for our players at the moment So many of them don't have multi-million pound contracts Keeping them secure It's that time of the season where You might think games are meaningless But players are playing for their future Playing for their livelihoods Yeah, there'll be hundreds uh, Up and down the leagues uh, Out of contract Most players who are full-time players uh, very few of them have more than a one-year contract as well, so you know the security element goes. It's a worrying time for them. You don't really get paid for the whole of the, of the summertime sometimes as well. So it, it's not a good time for, for professional players in, in this uh, in this in this country. But uh, that's where they've got to. Those guys who are playing, they put themselves on show, you know, because sometimes there is just somebody watching there who might think, "Well, he'll do a job for for, for me." So it is a bit of a troubled time. It, the one the one thing I would say about clubs bringing in young players is, apart from anything else, they're cheaper. Because they're on lower wages, they're not on the big wages, you know. And, and Mother will take advantage of a situation where, whether it's by, de- by design or whether it was just by, by default, Stephen Robinson's done really well because they, they so just right with a 3 5 2 formation and, and back to front as well. And now, all of a sudden, through injuries and suspensions, uh, sort of towards the tail end of last year and poor form, all of a sudden now you bring in these young lads. And of course, it can't just be young kids, but. Too many of our clubs have said over the last few years have looked to the loan market, they've looked to the lower leagues in England as well, but hopefully nowadays they'll begin to learn that the young guys bring a freshness to it, they bring an excitement, the supporters can kind of have a relationship with them, and they're also cheaper, and, and if you bring them in, then then I think it's going to be much better for your club and for, for Scottish football, so hopefully that's going to be a, a sign of things to come, what, what Mother were doing, and people will, will, will copy that success. I don't wish to upset anyone, I really don't. However, if you're David First Turnbull, for everything. if you're David Turnbull, you should want to be away from Motherwell, because if he looks around them, 
He'll find that Victor Wanyama Even at Celtic level Victor Wanyama Got down the road And is now Waiting for A Champions League Final appearance David Robertson When Andy Andy Robertson I beg your pardon When at Dundee United Got out of there To go to Hull Because it was a step up And from Hull The ultimate step up To Liverpool And now he's looking At the Champions League final So if you're David Turnbull You should want To be Hmm. At the best place You can reach He looks at Jake Hasty off to Rangers on a lengthy contract and Motherwell will gain financially it is to Motherwell's great credit that they find these boys nurture them and turn them into players who are coveted by bigger clubs but if you're David Turnbull or Jake Hasty, you should want to be away and add a bigger club at the same time though it's important to do it when the time is right Fraser when your game is at such a level where you can go and have an impact and you don't just go for the sake of it yeah, let me tell you, in many occasions, you it's, it's not the player who actually wants to go. The club's got a foot in his backside saying, get out that door, we've got a good offer for you. And it's got to be the right move for any young player when he's making that transfer. And, and you can go from being a regular first-team player at a club like Motherwell or, or in the Scottish Premiership, you can go to a championship team and it can be too big a jump too early and you end up playing for the under-23s or you can go to, to somewhere. So you've got to be making that move at the right time. And I know... We speak to a lot of English clubs and their, their scouting departments. They like players to play 80, 100 games up here. And if any player has played that number of games and they're 19, 20, 21, they'll come and have a look. You know? So sometimes it's not just about the player. And David signed a, a new contract only, only a number of months ago as well. So you know, it's not just the player sometimes. Sometimes the club gets an offer and the player's saying, I don't really want to go. I want to stay for another year and play another 40 games. The club's saying, we can offer a million quid for you, son. You better get down that road. So, so it's, it's, a, it's always an interesting dilemma. But from a player's point of view, the advice we always give them is... Make sure you're not too far away from the first team. Make sure you're not going too early. You've got a long career ahead of you. He, he is a wonderful talent. He just looks easy on the ball. He just strolls around the pitch, but he's got that dynamite in his boots where he can score goals, create goals at that, at that end. So he'll have a number of offers, I'm sure, coming up over the period, but he's got to make sure it's the right one. I accept the cynicism of the business, Fraser. Uh, but <laughs> if, if, if you uh, have a high opinion of yourself, and why not? If you don't, nobody else will. Then you should be thinking, I want to do what Andrew Robertson has done. I want to be a former Scottish Premiership player now looking at the Champions League final. He should be the one they all aspire to. And just quickly, Fraser, on the game you're watching today between Livingston and Dundee, would you expect a turbulent couple of weeks and months at Dundee? They do... Clubs like Hamilton Ackies, they're always considered as a, a, a team with the type of, of structure that could go down if you like could go down without much disruption and would, would be fine and would, would carry on teams like Dundee always hits them a bit harder yeah I'm not sure of the contractual situation of the players as well how many guys they've got next next year but uh, as we're talking about young players you know you look at the turnover of, of players at Falkirk at Dundee at St Mirren over the last 12 months they've probably signed between 25 and 30 players each over the last 12 months it, unbelievable and if you've not got that core that Motherwell have had of experienced players and young players then you're continually changing your team and chopping and changing and it's almost potluck if you just keep signing 12-15 players every transfer window they're not all going to work and you're just almost hoping as well so I do expect that I, I hope they keep Jim McIntyre he's somebody well, I know him well or well enough through the game and, and, I, and I think he's a good guy but speaking to the local journalist around here I'm not sure he's got the full support of the Dundee supporters so a couple of wins might help that and looking to my right you know I don't know how many Dundee supporters are here 100, 150 they're, they're voting with their feet and when you look at Livingston as well and I was checking back they played Aki's here in March and there was uh, 1,022 people here 
212 Aki's fans so I'll be looking at maybe a, a, a crowd of under a thousand you know and next week at home home to St Mern I think that'll be the time when they'll vote with their feet for, for Dundee so a turbulent summertime I think for Dundee yeah absolutely and uh, I've been up there and you're absolutely right what you say there Fraser in terms of the amount of turnaround teams continue to do the same thing and expect a different result and it doesn't happen I think the continuity if you can get a core of older guys good senior pros and then blood some young guys it's, it's a perfect formula Okay thank you Fraser Wishart we'll leave that one there he's at Livingston Dundee St Johnston at home to Mullerwell Kilmarnock take on Hibs there's a preview for tomorrow and there's a first half teaser all coming up next it's Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line 0141 951 1025 It's that time of the night when you get to have your say The floor really is yours So tell us what you're thinking ahead of tomorrow's big game at Ibrooks Or in reflection to today's games across the divisions We didn't have many so I'll give you the full time scores from across the place In the Premiership Kilmarnock 1 Hibs 0 Livingston 0 Dundee 1 and St Johnston 2 Motherwell 0 Now in the playoff quarter final For the Premiership It finished Inverness 1 Air United 1 Which means Inverness win 4-2 On aggregate And they progress to take on Dundee United In the next round of that Down the divisions in the playoffs uh, 4 for 1 Wraith 1 So Wraith Rovers win 3-2 on aggregate They go through And it's Queen of the South 5 Montrose 0 A hat-trick for Stephen Doby Queen of the South live to fight another day Winning 6-2 on aggregate The League 1 playoff Clyde 3 Edinburgh City 0 Clyde wrapped that one up 4-0 on aggregate Stenhousemuir 1 Annan 2 4-1 to Annan on aggregate And Cove Rangers 4-0 winners Against Berwick Rangers So Cove making their way me, Gordon, towards the SPFL Berwick uh, had something along the lines of 1-1 in 28 you dreadful Right Hugh what are you expecting on the open line because the phones are open and we've got games to look back on and in case you hadn't heard some big games to look ahead to Let's be honest there's only one show in town now Not there, necessarily but I well, take your point <laughs> One sleep to Ibrox and uh, the Celtic supporters will believe that they will go there Title winners and ready to provide a really good result for Neil Lennon's CV. Ranger supporters will believe that they are watching a team in a rich vein of form and will be looking forward to a second defeat of Celtic this season. So it is set up to be a memorable occasion and no one will be able to get away with it doesn't mean anything because that's simply not true. They don't even believe it themselves. It means nothing in terms of league places. It means everything to the supporters of both clubs. Yep. Listen, I keep thinking about this, but can you really call yourself a proper supporter if you say the game game doesn't mean anything tomorrow and if Rangers beat Celtic, Celtic beat Rangers, it doesn't really matter. I don't think you can. The rivalry is that no, great I, between Is it not as two? a supporter you're entitled to say what? Like really doesn't, well, I've doesn't, been polite But I mean devalue your listen, worth as a supporter If you're a supporter A Celtic Or a supporter of Rangers There's one game One fixture Above all You want to come out victorious And it's the one tomorrow So that's why I'm not buying all these people Coming on saying It doesn't matter Play kids Doesn't matter to Rangers Because the, the league's already won I don't buy it for one setting Hugh's right It's the biggest one We've got and the next one's tomorrow I can't wait for it And I think the players Will be exactly the same goal And I think they'll be Both sets of players Will be desperate to win Yeah the players will be Alex Yeah absolutely But um, I think the management team Will be desperate to win as well uh, From a Stephen Gerrard point of view Be trying to reduce it to 6 points From Neil Lennon Trying to extend it to 12 points 
Uh, again, you get the bragging rights, uh, and then you go into the last game of the season with uh, you know, uh, you know, but that confidence. Uh, Rangers have not won six in the bounce, and then won five, but this is it could potentially be six. So there's that. You've got the Neil Lennon. Uh, auditioning for the job uh, and Stephen Gerrard will be trying to sow some sort of tangible in relation to the mm-hmm. points gap Ali is first up Ali's a Rangers fan from Irvine Hi Ali How's you doing guys alright? Yeah good what's your point tonight? Um, well first of all tomorrow I hope Rangers win but I hope we don't uh, hope we don't take four or five off them because uh, uh, I'm wanting I'm Neil Lennon to get the job for Celtic uh, I can only see good things for Rangers if he gets that job Brendan Rodgers is in there Basically carried that team. Done what it had to do. Uh, the Rangers not being there. Um, Neil Lennon getting that job is going to be nothing else but good news for Rangers, in my opinion. Uh, he's nowhere near the calibre, as I say, is what Brendan Rodgers was. And uh, the powers, I can't see it though. I can, all I can see is the powers that beat Celtic are going to pick. If they've got, if they want to get a, to the nine ten in a row. They're going to have to spend big and get another big name with Brendan Rodgers in. They're only going to have a chance, probably in my lifetime, of doing it. So, yeah, I think Neil Lennon's the man for it. Fair play to him, carry on, that's all I can say. Well, he's won four league titles with Celtic as a manager. Uh, and I'm sure he's well aware of this recurring theme where Rangers supporters say, we hope he gets it because uh, you're moving from Brendan Rodgers to uh, someone who is not in that class. Uh, supposition on your part, Ali. Uh, yep. But we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. No decision has been taken, so it's uh, it's not something that we can discuss until Celtic show their hand. Well, what do you think? What do you think that if, if, uh, regarding the calibre of manager compared to Brendan Rodgers compared to Neil Lennon? Surely we'll know in the same week. Well, Neil Lennon's come in, uh, I think, and. Stabilise Celtic Because there's always the chance That that the loss of this Iconic managerial figure Brendan Rodgers Could have had a Profound effect on Celtic But Neil Lennon Came in And from the game against Hearts Which came 48 hours after Brendan Rodgers' departure Until today He remains undefeated He's got 8 in a row over the line So I think he deserves respect And in comparison just now it's not about between Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon It's about Neil Lennon and whoever else is out there to come in and get the job Brendan Rodgers, you know, fantastic manager Did a great job for Celtic Will never be forgotten But he's gone now Neil's in the driving seat just now And the comparison is Who's Celtic? What name is out there? Can Celtic first attract? Can then back up with, uh, I tell you, a healthy pay packet And then a mm. healthy transfer kitty Now that's a that's what you've got to take into consideration. Is that option better, splashing out, or is the option they've got just now, where you know Continue. they've got a guy who knows the club and has been successful at the club to go down that road? That's it. That's the decision the board's got to make. Stephen is a Celtic fan on Twitter, but he's actually kind of agreeing with with Ali. He says it's easy for Hugh to cherry pick Neil Lennon's success during his previous stage, his previous stint as manager. However, for all the highs, there is as many lows. Losing two cup finals to Rangers and Kilmarnock, blowing the title at Inverness, failing to get to Europe after August, two years running, Morton and Ross County in the cups. Yeah, you know, I fully understand that Neil Lennon's had lows as well as highs, and I am not standing here saying vote, vote, vote for Neil Lennon. Uh, 
Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond Will know in their minds What is going to happen next And so far They have not shown their hand We live in a funny wee world here Yeah on Two seconds I'll let you finish I'll let you we, back in We live in a funny wee world Because in a week when uh, Liverpool have come back Miraculously against Barcelona uh, when Spurs have come back miraculously against Ajax, when these two fantastic sides will contest the Champions League final, we live in a world where we rabbit on a bit, a guard of honour and ten in a row. You know, there's a big wide world out there, and it, by and large, it passes by the Celtic and Rangers supporters because everything is about tribalism here, and nine and ten in a row mean everything. And plenty of Celtic supporters have come on here. And said, I don't care about Europe I just care about 10 in a row So that's why it's a very important call For Celtic to make And they don't need me to tell them that Ali Yeah, I think that I, 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 It definitely is But I say, I hope it I mean, the last time Celtic had a, a problem With managerial side And they seen Rangers coming Or they seen Yeah, the progression or whatever Was with that uh, Dada Dada Whatever his name was Dada He went into his pocket And splashed out Million. He knew he had to get right. This is, I've got to get somebody. I've got to get somebody a top calibre in here. And I, I, I can't. I just say, I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it is. He's picking him, but I can't see uh, Desmond sitting there, no, no knowing that if he wants to get this nine ten in a row, I mean, the opportunities don't come around every day, and he knows that he's going to have to splash out and get something and splash out and play because that team, the, the team the Celtics had, they won a bit the Invincibles. Yep. They've been invincible because there's been nobody up to challenge against them, you know. Uh, the team, there's not a player on that team, the Celtic team. If you ask a Celtic supporter in the last 20, 30 years, what player would pick into your top starting 11? There's no one player on that team would, would walk into them. Well, I, I think you've been disrespectful to them because, you know, eight trophies in a row is consistency on an unbelievable level. And there have been great individual players. Contributors to the eight trophies in a row So You know the, you, you can go back to Henrik Larson Or Chris Sutton Or back to the Lisbon Lions If you wish But Eight trophies in a row Those players deserve respect I mean listen Ali may well be right Mark But if Celtic were to get the 9 or the 10 over, over the line I don't think the fans will, will care Whether those players make it into their all-time Celtic 11s or not no. I mean, it's not, not really important, is it? No, definitely not um, There's so many factors that contribute to a, a great team Sometimes it's not great individuals that stand out And are, are firm fans' favourite But if you're playing a great team Which you can't deny that this Celtic team If you, if you win eight trophies in a row and, and going for nine You can't deny that that's a great team Now, to do it in the league and and to, you can afford slip ups in the league to do it in the cups is something else I mean you're going back to your Hartsons Larsons Suttons they slipped up mm. in the cup as well you don't get a second chance in the cup and for this group of Celtic players over the last three years not to have one slip up in cup competitions I mean that's something else yeah I suppose on that Alex because Ali talks about you know this perceived lack of competition maybe that can Apply in the league But but, but Mark is right yeah. The best team simply Does not always win the cup So to to maintain that That yeah. winning level is, It's not easy is it? Not at all And I, th- uh, I think when you consider you, The one thing about Celtic and, and this goes back to Recent months The last few months as well They find a way To win games yep. Now there's times That it's no Free flowing and things and, and they've managed To get that result Now that comes from a, And a resolve 
I was with Marvin Andrews last night talking about this and what it, the, the, particularly the team that we played in in terms of guys who dragged you over the line, Dado Prusos and Fernando and Barry Ferguson. So it's the type of guys and, and when you go back to the nine in a row teams, I often pick guys like John Brown's brains and go, what light was Gascoigne? What light was Loudrop? Uh, and he was going, here it was guys like Ian Ferguson, McCall, Goffs, you know, the guys that were the kind of yeah. rocks of the oh. team. Dragging you through really tough games at Hamilton, Falkirk, Inverness. And he says they're the guys that actually make the difference over the course and distance. Okay, thank you to Ali and Irvin. We're going to hear from today's managers as well as soon as we can, the likes of, of Stevie Clark and as many others as we can squeeze in. So, were you at a game today? Were you watching the results today? What did you make of it? 01419511025. Let's hear from you now. Matt is in Hamilton. Hi, Matt. How are you doing, guys? Um, great show as ever. Um, how are you doing, mate? I'm and good, Alec never dealt. Yeah, good, I, 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 I took the notion to, and haven't they been doing it to Parky for a long time to go, to go down and say my farewells to Billy McNeil and Stevie Chalmers. Um, you know something? I, I walked about the day and there was a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts. And um, listening to Ali, um, the last the last call um, in regard to to management and, and everything else. And I know I'm digressing here, but but there's probably Stevie Gerrard, we need to disrespect him, um, not at all. But Neil Lennon has taken Celtic to the last 16 in the Champions League. So how the Rangers fans can come on, and I can understand why they're doing it, to write him off and say we're happy, we're happy, we're happy um, that Neil Lennon's going to get the job. I don't. I, I really can't equate to where, where, where that's coming from. For a manager in his first year, a guy who's taken Celtic to the last 16 in the Champions League. If any of the Rangers boys can come on and, and, and hopefully justify that, I'm not a fundamental, I'm, I'm a Celtic supporter, but I just don't get mm. the, where where we can be getting this differential that the um, two of them are the same. Matt, can I, ask you a quick quick, can I just ask you a question there in terms of when, when people come on? But over the course of the last couple of months Since Neil came back into the post And and what I was going to ask you Matt was In terms of Neil Lennon and Brendan Rodgers That's where people are saying this They feel as if that Neil would be more suited For Rangers to have a concerted chance At winning something Whereas you know with Brendan It's quite simple It's quite simple Matt And whether you agree or not The accusation is that Neil Lennon Is not as good a manager as Brendan Rodgers that, that, so I can, think I, can I come in at that then? Sure. So can I come in at that then? In the last two years, and again, we need to suspect them, but I'm not doing that. I'm, my dad's bigger than yours. The Rangers team, when 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 Brendan Rodgers was there, he disappeared now. And I'm not doing a bit about throwing the, throwing the dummy out, the pram, pram about him. But he disappeared, they disappeared. But the bottom line is, the Rangers team at that, they, they weren't good enough to take Celtic on anyway. Mm. They, and, and basically they weren't. So there's no comparison there, really. Now we're, we're talking about we're talking about we're talking about everybody's talking about next year, and we're getting everybody saying. And I know people can cast dry flies out of the pool to get people to phone in and do this and do that, do the next thing. But in comparison, we Celtic spending power to Rangers, and I'm not doing about Rangers debt because that is a fact. They they done debt. Now we're talking about oh, it's, it, there's not going to be much for, for next year. Well. I'm 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 looking at Nicole Light at the end, but I'm thinking going, well, if Dermot Desmond decides there is going to be that golf, 
He's got the power to put the money down, which he did the last time. But the last time there was a there was a, a, a fault in the last fence. He decided enough's enough. Now, we need this respect to Rangers boys and and MDLs. If that is the case, I, I believe Celtic are only going to only going to go a step further. Now, tomorrow, I honestly believe Celtic will, 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 will beat Rangers tomorrow, purely and simply because of what happened the last time. Or it might be a draw. Well, you've covered but, a lot um, of ground. You've covered a lot of ground there. Let's try and pick our way through it. With regard to Neil Lennon and what the Rangers supporters say about him, it is, at this time, obligatory that you run down the other lot. So when Steven Gerrard is appointed Rangers manager, the Celtic fans run him down, rookie manager... Why make that appointment And they, they pick holes in Stephen Gerrard Who has done A reasonable job At the end of a trophyless season You can't say he's done a magnificent job But he's done a reasonable job In, in getting Rangers Some way towards being right again With regard to the rest of it Of course Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell Must be aware of this 10 in a row phenomenon that the Celtic supporters crave and therefore if they don't spend the kind of money that is required and Celtic do require other players to be brought in if they don't do it then they will have the supporters on their backs for the remainder of their time at Celtic You don't have to agree with it, that's the thing but surely Mark it is just about that is that not all the Rangers fans are saying I know it's as Hugh says that that's what we do. We run down the opposition team. We run down the opposition manager. It's is it that controversial? Like I say, well, you don't have to agree with it, but is it really that controversial to say? Well, I think Brendan Rodgers was a better manager than Neil Lennon, and therefore I think Celtic are weaker. No. That, that that that's not that doesn't strike me as being that big a deal. Not really, because listen, when Brendan came here, it it was all conquering. His team was invincible in the first season. You know, he won every cup he, he competed for. He looked unbeatable and untouchable until the 29th of December. He was untouchable. And that little chink in the armour uh, against Rangers perhaps proved he, he could be got at. But before we could actually find out if that could happen, he's off yeah, and he's away. So we'll never ever know. But Neil Lennon is a very good manager, but it's. I guess it's acceptable for people to have that opinion because Neil managed here before with Celtic and as the caller before rightly pointed out the lost in cup competitions had some embarrassing results I was part of some of them as well so you can see where the comparisons are drawn but you know, make no mistake about it Neil's a very good manager who's won four league titles and mm. as Matt said there got to the last 16 in Champions League you don't get there if you're a poor manager Right the number you need to get in touch with us tonight Do you agree or disagree with what you're hearing 01419511025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB Still looking for fans who were at games today Kelly fans let's hear from you Because we're going to hear from Stevie Clark very soon as well Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans are here So let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB Where you at a game today? Who impressed you? Who didn't impress you? What about the result? You might even have something to say about the referee Because that's what we do So get in touch and tell us what you made of it 01419511025 Looking forward to hearing from some of the managers from today Hugh um, 
Stephen Robinson can't now finish seventh. St Johnson have sealed it. I don't think he's going to be very happy with the referee. And if as we hear from Stevie Clark, that's going to be all about that battle to finish third, of oh. which Kilmarnock are still well in. Well, they're ahead in goal difference now. Uh, they'll go down to the wire. Kilmarnock's last game is against Rangers at Rugby Park, so that will just add to the excitement of it all. Great finish. Absolutely. Let's hear from you then on the phone, or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Craig Logan's got a, suge- a, a prediction, I should say, for tomorrow. He says the fear factor Rangers had with Celtic is gone. We dominated the December game and dominated the last game with ten men and should have won the match. Three 0 Rangers tomorrow. I suppose the last one was a was a funny game because Celtic dominated the first, first half. The game of two yeah. halves. Yes. Um, Rangers certainly were very good in the second, and then Celtic also they went down to ten men, didn't they? Yeah. Dedrick Bayato. Yeah, also, yeah. there was there were a, a few different. Aspects Listen, there's no doubt minute. it's certainly closer, much closer than yeah. than it's been for a long time. I, I thought the way Rangers approached the second half uh, at Celtic Park was first class. You know, not to come out and sit in and try and contain Celtic, but to really Take have a go. And yeah. they were brave. And in years gone by, Rangers, I don't think, have been brave against Celtic. I think they they just turned up thinking they were going to get rolled over, but. The Rangers side just now yeah. Under Stephen Gerrard Seem to have a belief to And that goes back to the 29th And the second half In the last game here To use a football expression For Two seasons under Brendan Rodgers Celtic ragged all Rangers They scored at will There was embarrassment There was humiliation But In the third season That has not been the mm. case It's 2-1 Celtic In terms of the derby matches But It could be 2-2 after tomorrow And The The, the Gentleman on Twitter is correct There is no actual fear factor for me now The, the, the Scott Arfields of this world uh, Steve Davis Defoe The defence which has uh, been solid They are not afraid of Celtic And Celtic will have their work cut out tomorrow And Celtic go there as champions Go there as a side undefeated under Neil Lennon All I want to see Gordon Is a match worthy of the name these are our two biggest clubs And I'd like at the end of a fantastic week for football I'd like us to have a game Where we can turn round to the English And say Well done you You've got four clubs in the two European finals But look at that game We can play a bit as well uh, Listen, every issue we have in this country Divides people, Hugh And th- this sums it up quite nicely I think Because James Fleming tweeted in to say the majority of his Celtic fans don't want Lennon as manager The board need to listen to fans or else And one minute later George Brown tweets in to say Another edition of the anti-Lennon propaganda machine Lenny beat a Barcelona team in their prime Well you know we're trying our best to deliver our opinions And as I say in this day and age It's obligatory for people to have a go Now no one is Pushing Neil Lennon for the job No one is saying he shouldn't get it You know we're simply Drawing up all the pros and cons And where Celtic might go You'd been mistaken for thinking That Neil Lennon in his first period As Celtic manager Had an absolute stinker The way some Celtic fans come on And categorically say That they don't want him anywhere near the job I could understand that If he... You know, if he wasn't a success, or if he left under a cloud, or he'd done something, yeah. you know, to to hurt the Celtic fans. But the fact is, Hugh says he's an iconic Celtic figure who was yeah. a successful manager, took them to the last sixteen, and still some Celtic fans yeah. have this with, opinion. With this regard week. to the the phrase the gentleman used, the majority of Celtic supporters, 
Every time I say something that a Celtic supporter doesn't like, they say, you don't speak for the Celtic support. So how does this one man on Twitter he may, find himself in a position to speak for he may, he tens may, of he thousands may have, of people? He may have carried out some sort of research. I don't know. Uh, we're going to hear from today's managers. I can see them making their way into my inbox after today's games. Let's what? speak to yeah. Never mind. Uh, let's speak to Gary and Shettleson first. Hi, Gary. Hi, Carl. Hello, Gary. What's your Hi. point tonight? I was I was on, I was on Thursday night talking about talking to Mark and Gordon, and I was saying the game doesn't matter. But uh, Mark Mark and Gordon's right. The game does matter. I was just mere, mere worried about the Scottish Cup final coming up. Right, so you've so you've you've not so much changed your mind, Gary, but you're coming more round to to putting importance on tomorrow's game. Is that just the closer it gets, or see what it is, Cam? We make a program. We'll come in and see things. It'll upset other people. It makes our program. <laughs> Gary's had a bit of a, a, a change of heart on it for, for uh, tomorrow. Does the Scottish Cup even enter the thinking at, at this moment? No, this no, no. God, enough for me. Not this stage. So much can happen between now and the Scottish Cup final that. Uh, It'd be foolish to have it in your mind as a player. You know, could pick up a knock in training uh, on Monday morning that rules out the Scottish Cup final. Um, so no, the focus will be solely in this game. And I says to Gary on Thursday night, uh, my opinions haven't changed. That each player, you know, p- looks at the fixtures when they come out to see when these games are. You know, the the first three, you look in the fixture list. As soon as it splits out, they look. When's the first time we play Celtic? When's the first time we play Rangers? And they're desperate to win these games. And I think every single fan in Ibrox tomorrow will be exactly the same. Gary, Hugh, Hugh, sorry, Hugh said earlier on, this gets taken on its own individual merit. Yeah, absolutely. Because the rewards, if you win one of these games, are brilliant. It gives you that bounce going into the Scottish Cup final. And with the greatest respect to Hearts, they are tailed off. They are spent force. You look at the, the, the performances they're putting on as abysmal. And on the back of Celtic can get a result tomorrow. Um, then it would make but such did a you, Did you ever have a better feeling Alex Than walking out of Ibrox or Celtic Park After beating Absolutely. Celtic it's, a, it's the best feeling it's ever the best feeling. And you actually feel taller You yeah. feel confident in the whole shooting match That yeah. springboards you on to better and better things Gary what about the sort of team selection aspect tomorrow Anything in particular you would like to see Or like to not see from the Celtic team Nah You know what Get up the full squad Well you, need, you can only play 11 though I know Get up the 11 Get up the main 11 Right, so who, what, what does that look like then? Timothy Weir has gone back. So, what, does Scott Sinclair play in your opinion? Scott Sinclair, always good, big games. Always comes up with a goal. Do need one? He didn't play uh, last week, did he? Against no, Weir uh, did, and he's gone. I, so I'm saying so. You know, we'd have to change that the, a little bit. Uh, listen, I'm with Gary. I would play Scott Sinclair for goals and big games. However, we we Neil going for Johnny Hayes down that side uh, in the last game. I don't know what about what? Tierney, uh, Mark in terms of you know I know he's come off after what, 60 or again that's that's, that's why I'm thinking that Tierney will play but Johnny Hayes will be in front of him to protect him and if Tierney has to come off I think it's a simple decision just to move Johnny Hayes back Sinclair rather than putting somebody else on so I would rather see Scott Sinclair play but I think it will be Johnny Hayes in that position now I respect anyone who says that doesn't suit my argument <laughs> I've got to ask Gary why on Thursday it was a meaningless fixture and on Saturday it's a meaningful fixture. I said it a wee change of heart. He was just throwing it out there on, on Thursday night. We covered that off. And um, what about Rangers team, Alex? I, yes. I like it when there's loads of furious debate about who should play yeah. where. I, I'm not sure there's a great deal with regards to Rangers starting 11. Gordon, I'll be fascinated to see how Rangers go about this tomorrow. Uh, and I'll tell you the reason why. Rangers play with the four up front and they have two narrow. So on the left hand side, it's Kent and then it's Arfield. So they play narrow. 
Uh, and what's happening is they're getting overloads in the middle of the park. They're getting little combinations and they're carving teams open because they have more bodies in there. Adversely to that, Celtic like to play with their wide left and right back bombing forward. Mm-hmm. And, and Rangers effectively will have their players narrow. So how do Rangers negate that problem from Celtic coming down the side? So I think it'll be fascinating tactically and how they go about this. Uh, out of possession, do they then go wide? And then when they get the ball, narrow in. So it'll be interesting to see it and how... Neil Lennon comes up with these conundrums and Steven Gerrard overcomes the tactical side going so and for Rangers no real personnel issues for you then well no I would expect the three that I just mentioned to start up top uh, Defoe uh, Arfield and uh, Kent Kent's caused them all sorts of problems in the last couple of games uh, for me he's a match winner um, but having seen Morelos for 10 minutes last week he had three good chances within the space of as I said 10 minutes never scored but um Stephen Gerrard says, I've got a decision to make, you know, regarding the tour. And I think, is he going to change this? I, I, you know, I was no, just... Wait, but, but, well, it's just what he said, Mark. I felt, oof, because for me, it's an easy one. Go with the four and the two boys, because five in the bounds suggests that the continuity is there. Hmm. It's not as if you're you're playing a young kid ahead of Morelos and it's a big gamble. I mean, the four slow start, but I mean, even take his goals away, what he's bringing to the team Three in terms of assists yeah. and... Know, just his contribution and, and being that leader and that experience head, I think it, Rangers look a better side. I know Morelos, all his goals, terrific player, but at this late stage in the season, with the one five in the bounce, yeah, with that kind of setup, I, I can't see him. And is that. is that now the easier decision? Because you've actually got a guy in Jermaine Defoe who's performing and scoring and playing well, so there's no real issue there. And you also, if you're Steven Gerrard, who's spoken himself about it numerous times, you don't have to. Worry again about is someone going to wind Alfredo Morelos up and 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 I've you know can can he keep a calm head this time? All that pantomime stuff is saved for yeah. for another day. I'm I'm not sure that that will actually be the the deciding factor on what the tactical setup will be. He will put a team he feels is just a bonus can. because you've got two guys. Well, I suppose you don't, uh, Gordon. I take your point on board, but uh, again, it's how you actually see this panning out. How you think you can get a result will dictate which uh, he goes with. For me, I said. Uh, I think uh, Morelos came back into the reckoning last week against Hibs. I said to Hugh, for the two weeks leading up, if Rangers continue to win, they will go with the four and it proved to be that way. All right, I'm sure we'll take more calls on that game tomorrow as the evening progresses. Let's start reflecting on today's games. Jim McIntyre, what does he have to say about his future? Dundee are done. They're relegated already. They won today in a relatively meaningless game against Inverness. Here is Jim McIntyre. You're playing for that today to just try and win the game. Stop the losing sequence that we've been on which has been horrendous for everybody culminating in relegation last week it's been a tough week there's uh, no getting away for that and as good as the result is today it's not going to take away from the fact that it's going to take a few weeks to go over but all we can do is be professional you know try and restore a little bit of pride by winning the game and we've managed to do that you know, sort of talk about this week Jim John being over America have you yep. had a chance to speak to him at all? No 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 He's, uh, I'll speak to him on Monday What's the expectation Jumping with that Sorry Expectation What have you got from that You just Well the expectation Is to discuss uh, Going forward uh, Obviously Budgets And uh, How we're going to Try and bounce straight back up That's That's The whole focus Is got to go on that now There's no thought in your head That it could go the other way That you could come back And say That's it Well that's No decision I'm fully focused On the job I try to get up For next year You know And uh, uh, that's You know If they make a decision otherwise then it's not anything that can affect you know I've just got to concentrate on being professional doing my job uh, and 
we'll look forward to the future. Is he the Dundee manager going forward in your estimation? Purely, I guess. I have no information whatsoever. I think that Jim, a good man, good coach, I think he will be out. Uh, but he, the most important word that he used in that whole conversation there was budgets. Going down means serious financial consequences. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about how many players Dundee can hold on to, who they can attract to the club. Everything about the club, for me at the moment, seems troubled. Uh, and I, I just feel that when you have owners who are running things from a distance, as Dundee's owners in America are doing, I just think they'll want a fresh figurehead at the club. I hope not. I hope Jim McIntyre keeps the job, but I have my fears the, for the, him. The John Nelms is actually hands-on, Hugh. He's an American guy who's the yeah. chief executive who oversees the whole playing side budgets, running at a club. So he's reporting back to the owner. You're absolutely right in America. But... I think that's uh, the first one and on the back of 10 mm. defeats it's yeah. a horrendous defeat. Jim is in Airdrie what's your point tonight Jim? Hi how are you doing? Good thanks Jim I would, like, uh, I would like to ask the panel what they would think if a team that finished second have got three points if they finish within one to three points of the first place 46 points of the first place Seven to ten points of the first place team. How they would rate that team on each individual points total? All right. I mean, they're they are quite small brackets. Hugh, does does that make a big difference for you if a team was to finish within three points of second or seven points? I can't remember specifically well, Jim's uh, criteria. Forty-six. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to decode the question, but I'll I'll bring it down to this: if Rangers finish, well, they are finishing second. I don't think the points differential is crucial to the argument. I think the argument yeah. has to be the argument has to be that Rangers failed to make mm. both domestic cup competitions and did not stop Celtic getting to eight in a row. Therefore, for me, the season overall mm -hmm. cannot be described as vintage. Yeah. It must count a bit though, but because I, this is the example you have to use, and I do appreciate that it's extreme. I know it's I know it's extreme, but finishing second by one point. Finishing second by twenty-one points. How can they be? The, how can they be the same thing uh, in terms I, of judging yes. progress or or, yes. the, or gaps or whatever these words but, that we use? But then we go back to the summertime and what will need to take place in the summertime. And if anything, if let's say for the sake of conversation, it's three points between the two of them. Uh, it is flagging up to Celtic the need to strengthen, the need to spend money, which they have. And therefore, it's impossible to say that the end of this season has a material influence on the start of next season because there are so many things that have to take place. Celtic have to appoint a manager on a full-time basis, have to appoint a recruitment director, have to sign new players. Who knows what Celtic mm. and Rangers will look like come August? Let me ask you the question, Jim. Back to you then. If you know, I think it's at nine points at the moment. Yes, yeah, nine points, yeah. How much does that matter to you Jim If it stays 9 It might go to 12 It goes to 6 Bet Between those Does that matter How much does it matter Well let's put it this way If the second team was Celtic What would they be saying Well I really don't know That's an impossible hypothetical I'm asking you as a Celtic fan Jim Do you How much does it matter if Celtic If it is 9 points Or if it's 6 does, is, that, is that enough to make you care either way 
No, a Celtic supporter just went, if it's one point, it's one point. That's, yeah. that's enough for it. Yeah, I, I fully understand that. Uh, as I say, it hasn't been a vintage season for Celtic, but it's been a title winning season and it could be a treble, treble winning mm. season. So they are entitled to say it's a good season. Rangers will be second, did not make a cup final, and they'll be entitled to say, well, it's getting better. Right, thanks to Jim and Airdrie Back to today A wee bit of drama At Rugby Park mm. So Alex Bruce won a penalty for Kilmarnock Paul Heckingbottom and Alex Bruce Bumped into each other in the press room, Hugh oh. As they do at Kilmarnock One in, one out There was um, Words Words wow. Between the two oh. And we'll hear from Paul Heckingbottom and Stevie Clark next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here We had some uh, a couple of big games today A couple of ones that go down as being close to dead rubbers But it was a big one between Kilmarnock and Hibbs Because Kelly are trying to finish third They beat Hibbs by a goal to nil It was a penalty from Eamon Brophy After... Alex Bruce had his shirt pulled <laughs> by David Gray in the box Now, safe to say Paul Heckenbottom wasn't too happy about it We can tell you that he's had words with the player himself in wow. the Kilmarnock press room So that was never going to stay a secret for long, Hugh Keevens oh. Here is the Hibs manager We're not going to rely on referees to win the game it's, uh, it's down to us, we were rubbish, you know, that's why we didn't win the game Why do you think that was, that performance? Well... You get too many of them, don't you, this time of year You've got a team with nothing to play for against a hungry team yeah, there'd have been loads of people had that result down on accumulator. But you want to be the one who who can control that and still put in a performance where you where you win. But it, it was that that was a typical end of season performance. What did David Gray say to you about the penalty incident? He's not. He's not. It's just your view then. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it's soft. Alex has gone, got got the contact, gone down, and the ref seen it and uh, give the penalty. I don't know what I said before. You know, the referee might have been watching them from corners before and been influenced. I don't know. So. We won't be relying on referees to, to get points, you know. It'd have been harsh on Killy if they hadn't got three. This is when we spoke about VAR in the week. When there's decisions like that, it's always down to interpretation, do you know what I mean? You, of course, you want consistency, but they'll go either way, them sort of things. Is it the supporters you feel most fortunate about 1500 there? Of course, yeah. Yeah, listen, it's the first time I've been disappointed. Um, but, like I say, there have been a lot of people expecting that result and that, not performed, but that result because of the stage of the season. And that is exactly what it was. We've had a week where we have had conversations with players and things like that, so there's reasons for it. But you still want to put in a performance what you enjoy watching and enjoy playing in. And, and the players are just as disappointed as me sitting in there. So mm. Hughie doesn't sound too angry there, but he encountered Oof. Alex Bruce in the press room at Kilmarnock. Uh, our understanding is... He suggested he was a diver And yes, there was a wee sweary yes, word in there yes. as well Well first of all that's a schoolboy error To say that in front of the press corps uh, Clearly it will be reported Because they were all eyewitnesses So schoolboy error Paul If you don't mind me say so uh, But also He speaks his mind Fair play to him He described Hibbs as rubbish And he said it would have been harsh yep. Had Kilmarnock not got all three points So he's made an error with his sweary word and his accusation towards Alec Bruce, but he's been candid about his own team and about Kilmarnock, so 
in that regard, mm. fair play I, to him. I actually got the impression he was angry there, Gordon. He, he suggested that his team had down tools in terms of there was too many people off it, you can't carry them. And uh, he's had words with one or two during the course of the season, which should, would suggest to me that maybe some might be on their toes. Mm. Hence yeah. the reason why they've come off the gas. Reese is a Rangers fan in Lark Hall. What's your point tonight, Reese? Hello. Hi, Reese. What's your point? Hi, I've got a couple of points to make uh, just regarding the game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is just about who Stephen Jarrett's got to be going up front. Um, the form that Jermaine Defoe's been in the last four or five games, he's playing really well. Yeah. And obviously, when we're all spread out the team, but. Morelos has arguably Rangers' best play. We've got a better chance for him if he's in for the start. I just want to see what you think. Me personally, I would, I would go with the four. I think he's been playing well, and you shouldn't really be changing a winning team. To be honest, Alex. Yeah. You you said earlier that you did think it would be the four. Does it also is it also about the way the team plays when when he's there rather than just yeah. you know who's who's the better individual player? Gordon, if you do going back four or five games, five games ago, uh, when Morelos was the main guy, he was the uh, number one guy in the team sheet. You would have had the normal four two three, well, four three three uh, with the two wide guys, uh, and Morelos being the number one striker uh, on his own. Uh, since Defoe's come in, what he's done is he's had to get more legs and support round Jermaine Defoe, and it actually looks as if it suited the team better. They look a lot more compact. They're not conceding a lot of goals. And I think that's one of the reasons why they'll go tomorrow. But I take uh, Reese's point on board. Morelos is one of their best players, but collectively as a team, Rangers look a little bit better at the moment. Reese, are Rangers learning to play with the full? Not not because Morelos won't be there next season. Do you expect Morelos to be there this season? And if not, is it beneficial then to be working to such a formation that that, that, that gets yeah. the best out of Jermaine Defoe at the moment? No, I, I don't expect Morelos to be the Rangers after the summer. I'm quite convinced that he's got to go in this summer and we should try and get as much as possible because although he is a brilliant player, he's showed in a couple of times this season that he's a liability. Sent off against Celtic last game and then obviously missed the semi-final against Aberdeen. So we're knowing that he's... Well, not known, but the chance that he's got to be out of the team. We'll get used to playing with the four up front and then they've moved Arsfield into a more kind of wide position and it's it's working now. So I don't I don't see why we should why we should change that. All right, thank you to Reese and Lark Hall. Apologies for moving on so quickly I've got a couple of things Need to squeeze in Before the end We'll get to Thomas as well Stephen Robinson Here's what he made Of today's game I'm not going to sit here And blame referees That's uh, You know The defender was poor for the goal Even if we don't get The penalty decision for us um, Which people seem to Think it was a definite penalty Then we still have to Defend it better So we have to look at ourselves We can affect that We can't affect referees Or you know, their decisions So Poor defending We lose the ball again In comfortable possession in the, For the second goal And a runner runs off us From midfield So effectively the game's over With three, four minutes Into the second half What did you make of the Chance from some of the Motherwell fans Towards Jake Casey Who was warming up Listen, nothing surprised me In football Ever um, Jake's Gone to A club that He's going to have to deal With that throughout football Unfortunately he's a super boy I think the world of him So it's, it's unfortunate that's something they don't have to deal with. Quite often, if you've got a home game next week, a lot of the time you would maybe guys who are leaving, you would maybe get them on at some stage. Does that maybe make you think twice about involving Jake next week for Livingston? No, I want to win the match. So if I think Jake's going to win the match for me. Um, we were 2 0 down at the time. We've got a boy on the bench who scored seven goals for us. Um, so if it means I'm going to try and win the game for Motherwell, then that's what I'm going to do until they're not involved in Motherwell anymore. Let's be honest, you know, there's a lot of players other than Jake Hasty that's not staying at the football club. Are you a wee bit disappointed at the lack of opportunities that you carved out 
during the 90 minutes? Yeah, first half we I thought we dominated large parts of the game after the initial 10 minutes. I thought we played a, a lot of decent football. I thought second half, you know, as St Johnson do, I think they had just a little bit more experience and know-how how to win the game, especially in that middle area of the pitch. Um, and, and they were probably the ones that were creating the better chances in the second half, or even at 2-0. Even at it was Jake after the game. Did you speak to him about the stick? No. Thomas is in Rob Royston. What's your point, Thomas? Good evening, lads. How are you? Okay? Yes, thank you. Hey, the question I'd like to ask you, panel, is how much of a factor is it tomorrow that Alan McGregor's not playing goals for Rangers? And is the pressure on Rangers to win that game tomorrow more than Celtic? Because with Celtic getting over a line last week, they will play free flowing football tomorrow. Pressure on Rangers or Celtic? Okay, let's do the first question first, and I think you should take it, Alex. Wes Fotheringham, we assume, yes. um, comes in for Alan McGregor. Yeah, I would uh, expect Wes to come in. He's been re- relatively uh, kind of consistent over the piece. Uh, I don't think uh, it's a big loss. Obviously, McGregor's your number one, but I think he's competent enough. In terms of um, the, who the pressure is, Gordon, I think it's equally uh, as important to win, purely for the point of view, as we've mentioned throughout the programme. Stephen Gerrard wants to get as many points as possible. We've listened to Neil Lennon. He wants to get to 90 points. Neil Lennon's still auditioning for this position. It may well go against mm. him if it doesn't go. So I think it's eachy peachy. I think it's pretty even and both teams will be I desperate. Think, I think it. the pressure's more on Rangers to, to win tomorrow. I think with the success the Rangers fans have seen, especially against Celtic at Ibrox earlier on in the season, where they won and their performance in the second half have gave the Rangers fans real belief that they can beat Celtic tomorrow. And if they have to if Celtic have to go there and win again, then I think a lot of fans would think that was a step backwards. I think the atmosphere tomorrow will be electric because the fans truly believe that that Rangers team can beat Celtic and I think that then brings pressure onto the Rangers players to perform and I mean, match the 29th He is the number one so I assume Alan McGregor is widely considered as a better goalkeeper than Wes Fotheringham but how yeah. much better? Yeah, I, I think he's he's uh, an incredible goalkeeper Alan McGregor but I think also Rangers are lucky that they've got a, a pretty solid number two so no doubt Rangers fans would have liked to have seen him playing but I don't think it's going to be a, a, a great factor in the Alan, game. Alan McGregor could, could have got injured in training and missed the match. I don't think it's a factor. Uh, you're an excellent goalkeeper. Mm. You'd rather have McGregor though, yeah? Yeah, 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 he'd rather. But as I say, he could have got injured in training and missed the match. As for the pressure aspect of it all, it is equally distributed. 50-50 because Thomas knows very well that if Celtic lose the match, he and all of Rob Royston will be plunged into a state of despair. Uh, likewise the Rangers supporters If they lose the match There'll be no consideration Given to the fact that Celtic Have won the last eight trophies Etc, etc, etc They will simply be Very, very unhappy That they've lost uh, When they think That they can have a real go at Celtic Good questions Thomas But we're going to have to leave it there Thank you for the call It's that time of the evening Where we round things up uh, We're back tomorrow Don't yes. forget that But before we go Thank you to Hugh Keevans Mark Wilson and Alex Ray For their company In the studio Big thank you to the top team Around the three grounds That we covered today Kilmarnock beating Hibs By a goal to nil Dundee going to Livingston And winning by a goal to nil And St Johnston At home Winning 2-0 Against Motherwell We are back tomorrow The game kicks off at midday Hugh Keevans So it's going to be a good morning from us at quarter to 12 as we bring you the team news, go through the game and then get your thoughts on the open line. As for right now, I'm looking out the window, the sun is shining, your weekend is well underway and George is up next on the GBX. So just stay right where you are.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.